Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to the Pamplin Presents Our Voice podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Ben. And Kendall. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Brian Schultz. Hello. How are you doing today, Brian? Great. Thank you for coming on to the show. Obviously, we're very happy to have you. Um, just a quick reminder, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can actually speed up the speed of the episode. This episode, this is this notice from after we recorded it, and I'm telling you, this is a really, really solid episode to listen to. Uh, Brian did a wonderful job. He gave a lot of really great advice, and I really want you guys to stick around and, and get through it because it, it's helpful. It's it's really helpful. It's helped me. It's helped Kendall. It's helped the entire team, and, and we hope that you enjoy it. So if you need to listen to it on double speed, I invite you to do so. This is a really great episode, and, and as always, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. For those of you who don't know who Brian is, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, we have to get through some announcements. Um, first off, graduation is 25 days away. Well, the real world starts in 25 days, for those of you who are seniors. But there's no pressure for it to start right after. Go explore Asia. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go travel. Do what you want to do. But for those of you who are seniors and have passed all your classes, graduation is in 25 days. Uh, if you want your pictures to be in the slideshow, please send your pictures to prism.vt at gmail.com. So you have until May 1st to send those in and your face will be on the slideshow at graduation. Likewise, if you're a senior and you haven't already donated to your senior class gift, if you do that, you can get a super cool cord. There's also a graduation event that you can go to. Super cool. And the school can't run without our donations. So I would definitely encourage you to do that if you haven't already. And I heard Ben and Kendall are matching every donation. Is that what you and heard? I heard <laughs> Where did you Brian hear Schultz that? is matching. <laughs> yeah, I heard Brian Schultz is matching every donation. Yeah. So we have the Brian Schultz sources. Foundation <laughs> <for> Education. <laughs> There's quite a lot of people that donate. So good luck with that one. Um, 650 donors. Wow. At $20 each. So you can do the math on that, but we'll expect a check from you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, for those of you who are listeners of the podcast, we have put a survey on our website. Our website is pamplin.vt edu backslash podcast the point of the survey is that we want to see what you guys are are looking for in the podcast that we're not doing um it, if you could take a minute and, and fill that out it's going to help us it's going to help you get content that you want um so again that's on our website please check that out that's all i got for announcements you ready to go into it yeah let's do it all right mr brian schultz i'm just going to call you brian for the rest of the that's episode so great. you don't stop me ever again um <laughs> so obviously i know you kendall knows you you've met us you just met chris yep um, good times. you were in donna's marketing class today presenting about your work. So for those of you, the people who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? My name is Brian Schultz. Um, I went to the University of Florida. And at the University of Florida, I really was heavily in the student production company and fell in love with the idea of making humans do crazy things. But also kind of in the idea of how human and mob you know, mentality affects marketing, business, and everything. Um, from there, I ended up uh, doing a little work in concert promotion uh, and ended up at an agency called Crispin Port and McGusky, uh, which at the time was kind of like the disruptive stepchild of advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, we were known for campaigns we worked on, such as the Truth uh, campaign, which was for anti-tobacco. Um, worked on everything from Burger King to Volkswagen. Um, and had a really there. had a good time. Like um, through my experience there, when I started, it was there was really no digital, there was no internet, um, and it kind of budded uh, during my you know, my initial tenure there. Um, and I I created a group called Outer Active, which the idea was it was the opposite of interactive. Outer Active, okay. interesting. So like the idea is you can buy media space in digital or in traditional anywhere, mm -hmm. but in order to really change and create disruptive human culture you have to get out in the real world and you can't just buy that media space yeah so, so they don't stuff, sell that so with that we developed um kind of a little group there that grew as the agency grew from i think it was like employee 250 there when i left there it was about 1600 employees wow um 
I went and worked at a couple, another agency, the agency called RGA. Uh, spent a little time there and then realized, why am I doing this for these large agencies? It's just a sideshow of what they're traditionally doing. Uh, they were focused, heavily focused on digital uh, optimization, everything in that whole idea of from clickbait to, you know, apps, to you name it. Um, but no one was really focusing on what humans wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more how do we annoy them through messaging. So I started a, an agency called We're Magnetic. Um, and I think it was, I don't even remember, 2012. Okay. And the, the idea was at first it was like, you know, through dynamic human action, we can create better and more memorable experiences that are organic and are something that people want to engage with more than advertising. And we can do that for brands to help them grow and really create content that was more um, rooted in the way that people consumed, especially as social was growing. Uh, we saw it was just like, you know, you don't want to click on the ad. You want to click on that cool stunt or that cl- mm-hmm. viral video. Um, so from there, we kind of grew. Um, and I spent six years doing that. I uh, exited about a year ago uh, just to get back to my roots and play with some new areas. And right now I'm focused on uh, working in, I'd call it location-based entertainment, how do we re- really bring back retail, the idea of human interaction, locality, and redesign kind of, um, or at least disrupt the norms that are happening that have become too easy for people to plug into. And that so, are becoming a little obsolete, as you mentioned in class. Which is unaffected. Shopping mall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many people listening to this podcast have ever clicked on a banner ad that was useful? You know what I, I mean? personally never have. Like, I and hate those. You yeah. go searching. I mean, for I like them because I get, get commission off them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yes. YouTube. But, like, in the same respect, it's like the goal and mission of these companies is to create um, and deliver you better advertising. But the question is, do I need more advertising and better advertising? Is that actually a, a useful mission? Sure. Yeah. So I think for us, we're working really focused on how can we divide, design better properties and better brand experience in general um, that doesn't have to just be digital, but is looking at it in a 360 point of view of let's. Think of why consumers want to have a relationship with a brand or a thing. As and run with it. Participating in something to participate, like yeah. social media. Well, inversely, it's you know finding purpose. Sure. We were talking about that earlier and yeah. point of views. You know, it's been easy. It's become very easy just to share someone else's point of view and take it on as your own. But what is your point of view? What makes you tick? What makes you want to get out and do something? And it's not just doing what your friend wants to do. And I think that's kind of like what we're looking at now is with everything out there, with so many things, like still what is – the core that makes us smile, what gives us that happy, tingly feeling when something great happens, sure. or makes us cry. You know what I mean? Like, there's still commercials I'll watch that like give me a little teary. Yeah, yeah. And, like, or TV shows like This Is Us. I know it might not be something you guys watch, but like, when it's some reason like it's tied directly to the you know the years I grew up and it's hitting me in the life cycle piece, and it's just like I can't even stop. I thought it was fascinating in class today. You showed us a bunch of different really cool reels when and. Every one of them was really interactive and fun and exciting and flashy and just really cool and happy, generally positive, right? And then the last one you showed was about guns and guns in homes and kind of the risks that are associated with that. And then afterwards, you polled everyone and asked, what was your favorite ad? And although everyone seems to really like, you know, the exciting ones, the gun one pulled better than any of the, your other ads, well, which I, mean, I think was fascinating. There's two reasons. One, we were sitting on the what, 20th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, 12th. Yeah. 12th anniversary. 12th anniversary. Of the yeah. mass shooting here. Yeah. And, you know, come, growing up in Coral Springs, um, you know, where Motors just Stone and Douglas was down the street from my house. Interesting. And having friends who worked at the school, like it's a topical piece for me that's emotional. Yeah. And I think some of it was... You know, I asked permission first because it's, you know, still an open wound. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but I wanted to show that you can use your job, the advertising realm, creativity, marketing, to have purposeful conversation yeah. in a way that's not saying, don't buy guns. Because that's unrealistic. That's, but, yeah. And it, 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 it's, not, it's not what people want to hear. Sure. They want to hear, well, tell me about guns. Yeah. You know, well, this one is a high, you know, magazine, um, it's about a back weapon, and the same one was used at Sandy Hook to kill 26 children. Sure. Like, tell me the story of this weapon. Yeah. Okay. What is it used for? Why do I need it? You know what I mean? And I, I think, like, I don't want to get into the political commentary of, what, you know, what the Second Amendment is or why people want stuff, but I want people to be able to have a conversation like we are here mm-hmm. about what is your feeling? And not say, oh, f- you, I don't want to hear your feeling. Like, yeah. fight about it. Yeah. But say, oh, that was really cool. It's spurring a conversation, and I can respectfully listen to someone else. I think that's what it's all about, just yeah, respectfully cool. informing. Yep. So that's a little bit, I guess, about what you do. Um, we'll get more into that in a little bit. But first, for IceCon, we'll let the audience get introduced to you a little bit more. So uh, how about the Knicks? You're a Knicks fan? You're from I'm New York? Not a, my, I am not a sports fan. Okay. Um, the only sport I really wa- watching is the NCAA Final Four. Of course. And the tournament. And I was – I. Florida had a good team this I year. I did, and I went full in on Virginia Tech this year, which helped me. We had a good team, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, after, you know, lecturing here a couple of times, I was like, I have to go. Yeah. Like, hard VT. Good. I'm, I'm glad we've attached to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, sport to me and, you know, those pieces of, of human, I guess you'd call them, like, soap operas. Sure. Aren't really like the things that excite me. Not for you. No, that's fair. <laughs> my family got really lucky. My Saturdays and Sundays are pretty open. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have to budget for the game. No. Well, I'll, four I'll hours. In. The Knicks are terrible, <laughs> um, and they're in trouble. But they're going to get the first draft pick. Maybe get Zion. Maybe get KD. So they'll well, look pretty right good for now, next year. But right, right now, now I'm bad. working with one of the alumni, uh, Virginia Tech Prism alumni, Matt Arden, yeah. and the NBA. Sure. So I'm a big fan of sport, but just not not, not a sports fan. I have two children now. Sure. My, my my weekends are taken up with that's fair. Things. That's fair. Um, so you're from New York City, or at least kind no, of. I um, live there now. Um, I'm originally from Detroit. Sure. I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Miami and Fort Lauderdale, hence to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Yes. So you're not, obviously you grew up in Detroit, but you live in New York City. You're I going back and forth between New York City and Miami. Yep. Um, so what's an insider secret that like tourists and normal people don't know about New York City? There's so many. Well, I you mean, told me one, because I came, I came to New York over spring break. Yeah. And I what didn't even it? know about the, like, the express trains. Express oh. trains are a really good hidden gem. If yeah, you know a lot of people don't know them. My thing is, is like, New York has so much stimuli. Sure. And it has something for everyone. Um, in the summertime, my hidden trick is there is the New York Sailing Club, okay. which is in Wall Street area. Mm-hmm. And they have their... Naturally. They ha- well, they have their um, clubhouse, which is called the Honorable William Wall, which is a floating barge in the middle of the Hudson River. Oh, nice. cool. And if you go and pay 20 bucks, they will run you out to and has a bar on it. Oh. And it's the only bar that's floating in the middle of the Hudson, which is a great summer trick. Sure. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know that one. Fascinating. So if you're going to New York this summer, check that out. Yeah. yeah cool place highly, to impress highly someone. I suggest going to the Honorable William Wall. Yeah. That's cool. Tell the commandant I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> From Brian. Yep. There you go. I have a question. If you weren't living in New York or Miami, where would you live? If Anywhere. you weren't. Anywhere. In Europe? And everywhere. What? Oh, okay. Like, That's I think, an interesting take. I've never. So, like, <laughs> I was lucky that, like, during finals times in, in university, my parents allowed me to like finish my finals early and go travel. That's nice. And I've spent at an office in Barcelona, one in London, one in LA. Mm-hmm. So I live a lot of places. Um, and I think it's important for us to live everywhere. You know what I mean? You'll end up going back home and like yeah. moving with my kids back to Miami is to be, you know, I've, I've gone everywhere. Not everywhere, but enough places. Sure. Um, 
but I think the world is beautiful. Like places I want to live right now, like my top ten, I want to live in Lagos, Nigeria. This place cool. looks unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I love Barcelona. I love London. Um, I think it would be really, really cool to live in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time in Sydney, and I have a big, big love for Sydney. I have a big, big love for Australia. Yes. Yeah, never been. Australia but it's, it's purely idealistic. Um, it's the one that got away. But yes. I also love to live in the Keys, you know what yeah. I mean? Or yeah. Like, but yeah. I think you have to live everywhere. I, know, I lived in Boulder, Colorado for a while and in New York City. And if you would asked me when I was graduating college, even my first five years or three years working, if I'd ever live in either of those places, I'd say you're smoking rock. I'd never would want Never to in a million years, yeah. In New York City, who, who would ever want to live there? Ben. Sure. I but, <laughs> but you never know. Search, circumstance takes you places. Yeah. And you should have, never have any, like, set of, Plan. I only want to go here and don't want to go there. Yeah. So, because you'll be surprised. Everywhere's amazing. Well, that and you'll be disappointed. It's, you know, mm-hmm. what happens if you don't end up there? Well, my 15 years, 15 years of work, I traveled 15 to 20 days a month. Okay. Wow. That's quite, that is a lot. Yeah, that's demanding. <laughs> so, like, my average, I did about, you know, between 150 and 200,000 miles on a plane a year. Sure. Well, I mean, you traveled so you here. Have miles you're, you're on it. traveled from. So, yeah. It's not the miles. It's more like, you know, when you go to places, you get a different feel. Yeah. Especially when you're working. So, you know, I've worked everywhere from, you know, like I said, Barcelona or Amsterdam. Yeah, London. To Cologne, Germany, to San Francisco. Wow. Wide, uh, wide range of places to live. Yeah, it's worth going everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure it's important from a marketing perspective to just see how other people do it, see what other people respond to. Well, it's also locality is a very big thing. Yeah. Geographics are very, very important. It's true. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, like an in, in, insight into your life and, and things that you like to do. A little bit. A little bit. Is there anything that we need to mention about mm-hmm. your life that you want the rest of the listeners to hear? Not really. Okay. <laughs> just be kind. Sure, be kind. No hate comments, guys. Yeah. I know you want to leave them. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a ton of hate comments recently. <sighs> no, we're not. Um, okay, so we can move into, I guess, a little bit about your work. You know, the reason why people are yep. tuning in because they want to hear about the amazing things you've done. So um, you've already done this a little bit, but it, the term that a lot of people are attaching to your industry is experiential marketing. Yes. How do you feel about that term? It's hard because f- eight years ago I was just praying that people would know what it is. Okay. And now I think too many things have been tied to it. Um, experiential in it, in the core of it is the idea of creating a very organic, uh, humanistic um, experience between people and things to create kind of either marketing or whatever the, 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 the goal is. Well, it's whatever you attach to it. Is it experiential marketing? Is it experiential retail? Is it experiential entertainment? You know what I mean? There's a lot Different of Different forms of experiential. Qualifiers. Um, but promotional marketing and other things have been put into that because it's a buzzword. So I'm happy that more people know about it, um, but I think it's really kind of when you look at experience marketing, it's what we did prior to the internet in some respect. Yeah, you know, and we had you, to do. If you look and go back to like um, early 1900s India, and even still in some respect in India now, my friend Max Lenderman did a really good study on this. Like they would take more or less like a circus troupe and go town to town, and they'd act out advertising because there's no TV and there's no power. Sure. And there's an experience around the brand. Yeah. Right. And if you look at like who is the most successful experiential marketers in like the last 10 years? It's probably the Tea Party, uh, right? Yeah, and it's activating people. It's getting yeah. out there with a message. It's giving reason to do things. Huh. And it gives that kind of that, that underswell of like hip hop music is the same way yeah. in some respect. Like you look at like the groundbreaking stuff that P. Diddy did back in the early 90s where he was taking a van and outfitting with speakers because the radios wouldn't play it. So he was like, I'll just go play it for I'll the play people. myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's getting out and being in you know the environment 
and bringing it to the people almost and, and with the people yeah yeah i think okay. with you the can't people forget about the, that part this relationship <laughs> the with the people is the biggest part you yeah know i mean i think like you can push stuff at people and that's promotional marketing mm-hmm. right but when you're creating experience it's really a two-way street of people experiencing things together i think you saw it in a lot of the stuff that i showed today yeah you know what i mean it was like it wasn't just saying hey this is us saying hey what do you think about this let's co-create sure that's fair and I, I agree that the fact that experiential is very much a buzzword. You know, it's like experiential is the hot new thing and everyone's trying to do it and not everyone understands what it is or how it works. Well, yeah. So it just, I mean, that's why there's brands why do you and think companies. That? I think that a lot of companies are just trying to like catch on to the train that's already leaving. Like, for example, social media, a lot of people were like, no, anti-social media. Like, you know, you know, we're a big multimillion brand. We never need to do that. We don't need to be on social media. And then sure enough, that's where the consumers are spending their time. You know, we're not, we're, they're not spending on radio. They're not really spending it on cable television anymore. They're spending it on Netflix and they're spending it on Twitter. And so that's where the brands kind of had to move to. And so people are kind of already forward looking what's next. And companies like Magnetic and the ones that you're working with now, they, they're working on moving people away from those platforms as they're moving away from them themselves. Like, for example, I was well, very much it, on Twitter. It's a little bit of the both. So I'd say, like, as you see these platforms develop, they start looking at, like, how, where's the money come from? And it comes from programmatic ad buys. It comes from media, you know, you know, just having media inventory. Sure. Because brands, you know, like Pepsi has like a billion dollar, let's say a billion dollar advertising budget. Mm-hmm. To spend a billion dollars is really hard. Right? It's a lot of money. It's a lot way. of money. So you have <laughs> yeah. to figure out how can I buy stuff. And then Twitter goes, okay, we're going to have an ad unit now that's going to do this. Okay, we'll invest X amount of money into that. Now what do we do with that ad unit? So I think what you see is a lot of these things that start like an Instagram that mm-hmm. are ad free. Right, and then then start growing, get an ad unit to it to support it and grow. Like everything, Snapchat, YouTube used to be ad. Disney Channel used to never play ads. Well, the the question is, is when I was growing up, consumers got really comfortable with this idea of of an ad advertising model. Yeah. Whereas Netflix has a non-paid ad model, ad model. So it's it's actually a big debate. Like, would you pay nine dollars a month for Instagram to have no ads? I wouldn't, but that's interesting because I do for Spotify. Right. Like there's certain platforms that I would do it yeah. on and there's certain platforms that I wouldn't. But for example, I think a part of it's like how easy it is to avoid the ads. So native advertising, obviously putting an Instagram post that looks like a post from a brand to make it look like something that you want to look. And I accidentally like those all the time. Oh, me too. But and then I unlike them. them. And I unlike them. I'm just keep it's, scrolling. it's okay yeah. if it was good though, right? Sure. If you actually liked it, it's like cool. I'm yeah. That a little and bit. I click on them. Yeah. Whatever. And you look I'll, yeah. Cool look enough. at it. And then I, I feel kind of wrong with it. Sure. Right? I don't have it's a problem with that. It's when it sucks and the ad yeah. just keeps blowing Annoying. you up. Yeah. I think you go like searching for shoes on Amazon stuff. and then every platform you're on, it's like shoes, 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 shoes. No matter what. Or when like, you just say something the and then. Yeah. Like, stop, stop. I already have them. I'm throwing my feet. Well, I think, uh, my <laughs> yeah. big thing is I think humans have a natural ad blocker in their head. They do. Yeah. You know but they've I mean? developed one. They didn't used to, but they, they've certainly developed one since the number of messages that we're receiving every Well, it's like less than 1% second. is a successful banner ad campaign. Interesting. The engagement on banner ads is terrible. It's ridiculous. Oh, I can tell you it. Yeah, I make pennies, less than pennies to the dollar on in terms of like I can view it from an analytic standpoint of no one's clicking on those ads. You know, you'd have videos with millions of views and you'll probably only make a thousand or two bucks in revenue in like ad revenue. Like and I think people the don't thing is click. They didn't take it and look at it across five hundred people like you. Yeah. And it's like we've just spent four thousand dollars to hit people who have fitness. Yeah. So like it does work. Yeah. It and it's it's just just like it's a, a little bit of like if you create the metrics to show the people that are buying it that it works, then you can set false metrics. Yeah. But it comes down to when you ask the consumers what works, what works, then it banner ads is not the answer. Blows up the mark. Yeah. Know. But there's, I mean, advertising still has a position and point in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we advertise ourselves. So we're advertising the Plant Pump School of Business right now all the time. And I think it's just like it's understanding how to use different pieces 
And like I was saying today, it's not about the ROI that you establish. It's the ROI that you find at the end after research and finding things that surprise you. Yeah. I mean, you said people don't like games on your show, right? And I think that insight and being able to evolve is what allows people to be a little bit more agile. And I think like traditional ad units, the way they're set up, don't give that that agile approach to really what consumers want. Right. But it's just changing because you have these big brands that have people in them for 30 years doing the things the same way. Gigantic advertising and budgets. They're not going to shift quick. Sure. But the small things that we did that created a momentum shift was like they were skunk works. You know what I mean? Like compared to the marketing budgets that they'd spend on their full campaign, mm-hmm. we were getting pennies of it. Right. But we'd over deliver. And I think a lot of it, like it comes down to the methodology. And that's why the industry has exploded since then is that, you know. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard so to do. You can't just buy experiential marketing yeah you can buy digital marketing you can buy social marketing you can yeah. buy, you can buy banner ads and with social you still have to have a content piece to it right yeah but it's a lot harder to create content and social that's more valuable or at least higher performing without getting into the real life and doing something that feels experiential yeah i think that's an interesting point i have a question for you yeah. um that i heard on a podcast once before and i thought it was very interesting so i'm sure you've worked with a lot of people of high status very successful people among yourself and i was wondering are there any common habits or traits, practices, routines that you've kind of identified among those people, whether it be waking up early or spending Sunday without a phone or something like that? Like, are there any things that you've identified? Like off the beaten paths. Right? Yeah, that successful people do that, you know, to that make them successful kind of. I'd say one thing that like stands out is mm-hmm. listening. Interesting. Yeah. Really, really, really successful people that I've worked with are great listeners. Okay, I love that. Um, and they're great they're great at taking a bunch of people's point of views and listening to them mm-hmm. and either facilitating them into like a group action where people are going together yeah, or saying, all right, I've heard this from you. I've heard this from you. Let's try to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think listening is a very, very big piece. Um, I think you'll find um, education is too, but mm-hmm. education done right. You know what I mean? Okay. I think you guys have to look at like what's happening here is the baseline. You know what I mean? It's like learning yeah. to swim. So you mean not so much your institution, but what you do so in terms of like... So I worked with Swiss Beats for a little while, and he went back to he went back to Harvard Business School to get an executive MBA. Okay. And his push was he was doing so many great things, but he wanted to continue his education more in the business realm. Yeah. And he, you know, for, you know, stereotypically, you think of someone, you know, who's working in hip-hop and whatnot, you know, it just there's a stereotype that doesn't feel like business. Yeah. But surprisingly, like, he was one of the most business-minded people I've ever worked with. Interesting. And the biggest piece was, like, he, he put out an idea, and he goes, what do you think? And we talk. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, like, about the idea about listening, which was really important. Um, whether it's working with celebrities or CEOs or whatnot, listening is, I think, the core piece. Um, a lot of people like to talk. They like to say, well, how can I, this is how I'm contributing. How can I get involved, yeah. And sometimes it's, it's just being able to like the listen and say, hey, I've heard what you said. I've put together three options based on what you said that I hit it, mm-hmm. right? And like that's an important piece. I think a lot of people um, don't have the time now to listen. You know, like, they don't, don't like they make do. the time. Oh, you're, you're sitting with your head behind a laptop screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're in a rush to wear. You know what I mean? Like the last 20 years of my life has felt for like forever. 20 years is a long time. Right? And like, as long as I've been alive. It's forever. And it, you know, but I don't feel like a day over, like a day out of being out of college. Yeah. Right? And I think some of it, it comes down to is like you're in this rush that's kind of a 
bit of anxiety tied to societal i mean i think so much of it's societal like do you think anyone in the middle ages was rushing anywhere they all died at like 30 anyway you You know that's true like the thing is is like what is real is now is real you know what i mean it's like yeah it's reality it's you know like we talk about like in the problem is like you know I, re- I remember when i was getting advice from my parents well you have to take your resume and go walk into the place that you want to work at and you should print out a nice copy you should walk in and mm-hmm. bring your resume good paper good yeah. paper right yeah societal is a perfect example that, that doesn't work yeah you go walk to google and try to drop off your resume yeah good luck <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah like i think it's things change and it's just it's more the sentiment right yeah of like get off your ass and go try something different yeah. If everyone else is doing just, this, just you go should hustle. do this. Yeah. Go hustle. Yeah. Hustle is the big thing. I like I like hustle. I've been really That's in the mood word. to hustle lately. Not really at like school so, and stuff, but so I just like, really want to hustle. With hustle, you can get too into yourself and you won't listen. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm hustling. I'm hustling. I'm hustling. I'm hustling. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. It's like yeah. slow the down for a second. Yeah. Just stop. You know what I mean? Listen. Uh-huh. Okay. You know what I mean? Like write down what you're hustling about. Yeah. Set some sort of cadence and parameters for why you're hustling. And once you end up goal and like, but like if your goal is not realistic and you can't really achieve that goal, then you're just setting yourself up for fa- false expectations. Yeah. Like I know both of you guys want internships. Sure. Yeah. A lot of them. Naturally. No. Why don't? Why don't you have them? Because you've been hustling. You've been doing other things. Yeah. It's you know hard though. I, mean? I got to pass my classes. <laughs> yeah. You got to pass your classes. But like, what is an inter- internship going to do for you guys? The reason that everyone's been asking me that recently, like, you know, why do you even want an internship? And the reason that I want it is not because I want to build my resume. It's not like a box I need to check. For me, it's like I want an internship because I know that I don't know everything and I've never actually experienced the real business world. Okay. And I want to practice that. And I I don't like I might not even like put it on my resume. Like So what's the difference between getting an internship and getting a job? I think an internship So if you've got a job sorry to interrupt you, if you've got a job as let's say a law clerk at a local uh, law firm versus taking internship as an intern boy or whatever at Spotify. I think the difference is that in the title, it's almost like you can, it's acceptable to learn when you are an internship. And I know it's acceptable to learn no, no matter what position you have. I, I understand that part of it. But I think there's a lot less pressure on an intern than there is on an employee. And because the point of an intern is, you know, yes, from the intern side, it, the point is to learn. And from a company side, it's to teach. And so it's it's to help them get the experience and, and learn the things that they you know need and want and things like that. Additionally, you know, there's a reason that companies have interns in general. They have you know they have services that they need them to perform. They have uh, they need help with a certain project, whatever it is. But sometimes I think, it's just free labor. Yes, and and that's another thing is that you know it's a lot it's a lot more cost efficient to hire an intern for the summer than to hire a full time employee that you then have to fire or something like that. But I think like the difference between an internship and a career is that an internship is is an opportunity to learn where a career is like, hey, you should kind of already know it. So I, I, I think it was very interesting that you looked at the job at the law firm as a career move. Yeah. Why? I think I, what do you mean like a career? I mean, move? I'm not trying to law clerk if I'm not going to be a lawyer. Well, <laughs> why not? You know what I mean? You could learn, that is, you could learn a lot though. Yes. If, like, if I was interested in, in what, law. Yeah. In law. Yeah. If but it turns out you're going to be a doing a podcast that has a lot of legal ramifications. Too. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to like put some time into something that seems outside of the right field. Yeah. But I'd still consider to... that my career, I think. Okay. And I consider an internship as like a career move too. Yeah. I just don't consider it as a career. So I think like you have to look at the career. The word career is like a 40 year thing. It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's what are you going to do for the rest of your life. And that one, well, and you can change all the time. Right. And that one little moment of internship, it's like 
I'm trying to think of a good example. It's a trial. It's it's you know it's it's using the it's the get, month of Spotify Premium for free without buying it. Well, it's it's getting out into the world. Yeah, it's you know practice. I mean? That's it's why like, I want an interview. I, I want just want to know. <laughs> I want to figure out what I want to do, where I want to live. What like, am I missing? I what do I need get, to know? Yeah, my mom's a recruiter. I could get an internship filing papers somewhere if I wanted one, but like. I don't. I, I want to learn. I want to be in an environment where people want to teach me. Not they, they don't just want free labor necessarily. You know, I think there's differences in built-out internships, and then and that is the difference. My mom's like, friend has an internship. You know, but then when you don't get one, right? Like yeah, you don't have one. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a lot of money this summer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know like, what else you know to do? I mean? Yeah, like, but like there has to be another answer. Yeah. Well, I personally have a I've lot. Never, of, I never had an internship. Yeah. Well, cheers. <laughs> so like, but uh, and and part of that is. I don't mean to date you, but like, how many years ago was that? How many people were trying to do what you're trying to do? It's the same. Uh, it, it, everyone was still looking for an internship. When I was graduating, I wasn't going into experiential. It didn't exist. Right. Yeah. That's true. We have a question about you that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'd say, like, I think some of it is, you know, you can get the same amount of experience with, with taking the title away of an internship. Yeah. That's right. I think that's like, some you guys of guys running this podcast itself is an internship. Yeah. And in, in a sense. In, in, in a sense, you could go to some of the people I hooked you up with or other people like in Ira Glass and say, hi, I want to ask a question. We're producing a podcast here. This is what we're looking at. I'd love to get some of your feedback. Yeah. And that's we kind of what you learn. get from yeah. an internship anyways. You know what I mean? I want to go into hospitality, so I'll get a job working over at the Virginia Tech Inn mm-hmm. or another hotel or somewhere. And I've it might not it's be not great. And it might not well it might, might not be an internship, right? But, but yeah. you're learning job. but you're the in job the learning customer yeah. service. Oh, I learned industry. so much at my job. Like I am the first to tell you that I think everyone that is everyone really should be a server. Like at least for you me, learn everything yeah. about people, I about selling. We like, actually asked that question a lot. I used to ask that question yeah. a lot when I interviewed. One, were you, are you have you ever worked in customer service? Yeah. yeah. Specifically serving people things they didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like they wanted to complain about. The other is have you ever done team sports in high school? Interesting. And, and both of us, I mean, we're both we've servers. Both. Like, we both work at, we wait tables at restaurants. And I, I actually personally love that job. Like, I love I love it. That. And I love seeing the impact I have over people. Yeah. 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 I, I think I'm it's sales oriented. Impo- it's but a, it's, it's yeah. a very important thing for People don't know what skills. they want either. And it's fascinating when I learned that. Well, have you ever heard someone bring, say, hi, Kendall, my soup was really cold and disgusting. Yeah. Old people are the worst. And it's 75% <laughs> completely eaten. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, actually. What's your response? Well, technically, company policy. Sorry, ha- let me get you a new one. No, well, we'll offer you a new one. Maybe we'll get you a free dessert, but we can't take that off their check because yeah. they've eaten it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you do everything you can. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the, the chef, moment, tell the kitchen. You're the face of this company. Yeah. And you have someone who really doesn't like you. Yeah. Right? And that's a, that's something that happens a lot in work. Well, even your response right there, like the way you said that is the nicest that anyone's ever said that line. No. <laughs> like most of the time, it's like, my soup's cold. Yep. And it's like, uh, uh, okay, I'm really sorry about that. Let me mm-hmm. get you a brand new hot one. I'll make sure it's extra hot before I even bring it to you. Yeah. And yeah. like, you just have to do your it, best. It will in burn that you. Moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It'll it'll burn your tongue. I promise you. Like, you have to in that moment, you have to immediately pivot and change your entire. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what your other tables are doing. Doesn't matter what the manager's telling you to do. It's you making sure that person in front of you is going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I got in big trouble once because I forgot to ring in someone's order. I had a big big table and they were very demanding. And then I had a small table and I forgot to ring in their entrees. I just did, right? Whatever. And and I got in huge trouble because I went to the table and apologized. I said, look, this is my fault. They saw the other table. They they kind of understood, but I was like, this is my fault. I didn't put your order in. Like, I rushed it. It should be coming out within five, ten minutes. And the manager took me over, yelled at me. I literally cried on the floor of the restaurant because he was going to make up a lie that the kitchen messed up their order. 
or that it wasn't up to spec, so they wanted to redo it. And he was mad that I told them the truth. And I got a 20%, I got over a 20% tip from that table. They got dessert. They stayed. They loved me. There was no, like, there was no tip. So I'd hire both of you just based on that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an internship. Yeah. Right? So that's that's something I just got to put out there of like, if you can learn great business skills from jobs, interactions, and stuff that you're having, and you understand, you know, Kendall, you want to work more in media, and same with you, and eh. both want to work, you know, or whatever it might be, yeah. right? And you look at the full gamut of this, whether you want to be a doctor, whether you want to be an engineer, whether you have no idea what you want to be. Yeah. And you know that there's just some core things. I need to understand customer service. Yeah. I need to understand product stocking. How does that work? Ordering, profit and loss. Find those skills somewhere. Supply chain, yeah. You know what I mean? You're not necessarily always going to find them in internships. That's, I think, gives me a little bit of security. I have a lot of just yeah, personal I endeavors. I hope everybody at home, like, listen to that. Yeah. Like, he, he just rewind if you have to, but yeah. that right there is, is one of the best pieces of advice that I probably have ever received. Like, get skills that are transferable to a workplace. And it doesn't matter because where Because when from. I'm interviewing yeah. someone who says, I had an internship at, you know. Deloitte or whatever. Deloitte, let's yeah. Say. Well, Deloitte, they have a really good internship. They, yeah, Sorry, my mom. Know, it's probably not the best one. Okay. Um, but, like, let's use Deloitte, right? Sure. So an internship at Deloitte versus someone who worked for the past two years in Virginia Tech at, you know, name a restaurant. Cabo. McAdoo's. Cabo. I love Cabo. That place yeah. I worked. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you worked there for two years. Yeah. Right? And you all, or you had an internship for two months. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I weigh them completely differently. Interesting. Yeah. Especially right? most restaurants have a hierarchy and you have to really, you know, like I had to be a host for a year. You have to be responsible with money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, insanely you, responsible. You're yeah. a responsibility for the brand. Making sure people who are coming out to spend a little bit yeah. more than they would to cook at home, to have an experience with their family, it's great. And then you clean up at the end of the night, you reset everything, and you do it again, and you do it again for two day years. Day in, day out. And for two years straight. I would do it in, like, less than seven hours later. Like You have yeah. to work with crazy people? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. So, like, when you look at, like, people who spent time um, and donated their life to the athletic department here, mm-hmm. or people who were RAs through everything, or people who had that single job, or, or people who didn't have a job, didn't need one, hypothetically, but did, had a huge volunteer track. Sure. Commitment All and experience. mastering something in base experience is just as valid as an internship. I think that a lot of people are worried that not a lot of companies and, and employers that. feel that way. Then you're not working for the right company. Boom. I hope y'all heard that one too, right, right. there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think it's interesting. So think about it. Like, um, 75% of people are aiming towards the biggest companies out there. Yeah. yeah. Going for yeah. Guys, right? Like, what do you Or they need? don't know any uh, any better. My question to you is, what is your expectation for your first job? For the first two years of working in the real world, what is your expectations? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I honestly have kind of set up my own expectations. Like, I'm probably going to have to just cut my teeth for a couple of years because I want to be credible in and marketing in, in general, anywhere, right? Yeah. And I think... Especially in marketing, like, yeah, maybe if, if it's an agency, I'll, it'll probably suck for a couple of years, but I think it's credible so at the end of it. Suck? Or Sorry to unpack it. Like, yeah. Why does that suck? What's the very long hours, very demanding, very quick turnover. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very low. Did you expect more? Like, you know what I mean? I think you're you get out, a lot out of school, it. You have limited experience. Like, yeah. Should you be making 150 grand a year? You no. Do, no. Right? <laughs> but I think I, I'd like more team? than 35. <laughs> Personally, which is, which is we can get into salary action asking. Yeah, later. we can talk about it later. <laughs> That's yeah. a whole other track. Yeah, but yes, you know what I mean. And I think like, yeah, we gotta humble ourselves down a bit. Yeah. No, it's not even humble yourselves down. It's like it's see what your job is worth. You know how you much is work at a restaurant. <laughs> how more humbling can it get? 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. That's point. <laughs> right? You've already done the humble. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't re- like. I didn't start making real money till the f- five or six years after leaving college. Yeah, we've had this yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, but I and you're still budget. under thirty at that point. Like, yeah, you're still I, in your twenties. Budgets, right? Yeah. I lived where I could afford to live when Within I asked your means. for salaries. Mm-hmm. I tried to make sure I budgeted with where I was living. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, we weren't saving much, but like, it's still like there's, you have to prove credibility to the workforce that you're a valued person that I'm going to put more time and money into to grow into something better. Yeah. Right? We see a lot of people who will come into college, have a great little resume, get a job somewhere. After a year, they're like, grinding their teeth and like, well, I have to go somewhere else. Right. And right. then you go somewhere else and then they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And after the first three years, they've worked at four places sure. and now you're not employable. You're yeah. You're not the first person that's told me that either. I will not hire anyone. Really? Yeah. I've heard that. It makes them unemployable because they don't stick do, anywhere. There's no commitment. Uh-oh. If I'm yeah. not putting the time, I've heard that a lot. Why would I, why it takes 18 months to develop an employee. Okay. Right. Interesting. Think about when you're training a new server. Yeah. Do they work off the first two weeks? No. Took forever. Right. So many tests. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think like it companies want to invest in people who are gonna stick around. They're gonna stick around. Okay. Internships, the right interns turn into employees. Yeah. We had a really like I'd say ninety percent of the people interned for my company were hired. I think that's another reason why we want internships because we know that that's the culture. As long as a lot the right of the time. Person. Some some are, some aren't. That's yeah. true. It yeah. all depends. It's, it's the right place, right time. Yeah. And you know, some one thing I'll say is you have to be at, you have to ask to hire be hired. Interesting. Right? I didn't know that. It's, I think it's something that a lot of you have to say. I would really like to work here. What will it take for me to get this job? That's yeah. what. See, th- this is information that I think is so valuable that they don't tell that us no in one's school. Us that. Like, like example, I would so, assume that I, it would have to be offered, otherwise I'd be rude or assuming. Very impolite. Yeah. You know. What? So another point that you just said right there, the part where you were like, um, it just in my mind. So oh, where you said that like having three jobs in four or four jobs in three years. Like That's my bad. perspective from the way that like the world has given it to me is that that is valuable experience. Nope. When it's the opposite, which we didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that. Like this is the like me saying this. I did never heard that side of it. I think some of it is that life feels like it's so rapid, and you have to do so much so quickly. You have to do so yeah. quickly. Sure. I would say like first, first and foremost, reset your clock. Okay. Right. Eighteen months. If you don't work in a place for eighteen months, you if you got there. fired, that's fine. Being, first of all, being fired is one of the best things that ever happened to you. That will be a whole other tangent on the other side. But you have to work for somewhere for 18 months. Okay. Why? Because it really feels like two years. Everyone has a clock of 12 months set in their head. But what, yeah. what are you really going to develop in 12 months? Right? Yeah, especially when, you, when your intro period is probably a month or two. when you stay that little longer, you're going to have the cycle out of people who've stayed 12 months. Interesting. They're going to be gone. They're going to they're gonna leave. They're going to come. They're going to go. Sure. And if you're a valued employee, your manager is going to say, well, Step they're out. still here. Yeah. I want to invest in them. I want to give them, them a promotion sure like when i got a job at crispin if i would have left after the first year i would have never had the opportunity to build my own department yeah right i wouldn't have the trust of the senior executive people that after two years saw that i was still there and still thought i was grinding and still saw i was making nothing but they really trusted me sure and trust is a big part of growing business right huge because if you don't have trust in the people you're working with from a server standpoint yeah or the people you're training yeah or the people you're hiring or work then, with. Then you don't have a unit that makes a really strong business. Interesting. Yeah, I think that like all of that right there is really is like really good, powerful advice that a lot of people are not getting. Like for example, like you said, like a lot of people have this 12, 12 month clock in their head, and just the simple thing is like, hey, stick it out for six more months. But the, the clock's been sent by the universities, by everything. By yeah, society, things. by everyone. Yeah. 
And I think it's like resetting your clock a little bit. Okay. Don't set monthly goals. Set quarterly goals. There you go. There's another right? two. There's another month and a half right. on every thing right Look there. Look at quarters yeah. and 18 months. Why? Because it allows you to string out and realize that, like, okay, I'm going to have a cycle every 18 months. That means if I have three mm-hmm. cycles, how long is that? Right? Yeah. It's almost it's four and a half years. Yeah. That's a long that's a long period of time. Sure. And I think three cycles over 14 years, right? Or sorry, over four and a half four years. years yeah. It's more valuable. You look at someone as like, oh, they worked at this restaurant for three months versus they worked there for 18 months. You're more likely to hire them onto your shift. Yeah. And the, the base things that you find in common jobs relate all the way up to the biggest jobs. Interesting. And I mean, that's like I saw so my restaurant. I started um, last summer at the very beginning of last summer. And then I worked through the summer. And then when I was back home for winter break, I worked through winter break. And then when I was back home for Thanksgiving, like every single time I was home, I was there. And then even when I was home for spring break before I came up to New York, I was trying to pick up shifts and just like go back to the restaurant. And they're like turnovers high in restaurants. You know how that is. Fair. And there's a few people who are you know there for the whole time. And those are the people who get the best sections. Those are the people who get the best shifts. Yeah. Those are the people that you can count on. And that like when you walk into work, you're like, oh, good. That I don't have to do a bunch of other people's work tonight. So that like being able to count on someone, that's very, that's very hard. I had a similar experience. Like my job when I went to email them. Oh, so I worked um, like the second half of my senior year. So I've worked there for two full summers and then just within breaks and stuff. And so when I emailed them that I was coming back over winter break, it was a new, new schedule manager. And she was like, sorry, we're not doing seasonal employees. And you don't know me. (laughs) I know. And I was like, okay, why? Because it's either like, I know that there's house shifts, which means no one wants them. So it's either like, you're not going to have people or you can just have me. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, I was like, can I just pick up the shifts no one is going to take? She was like, no. So I was like, fine. So I texted someone that worked at the restaurant with me for years. And he was like, let me see. Talked to a manager that knew me and was like, yeah, you're on the floor. Like, Six nights this week. Later. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's and just like yeah, they the knew thing. me. Like the fact that you're so relationships. Yeah, yes, exactly. Relationships are very important to use, develop. And I think you did something that I thought was really great with when you're going to that one firm for an internship that you mm-hmm. didn't get. But like you the had Venmo. that back and forth with the Venmo thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So like one of the things I always say is stand out in a crowded pool. Like, like in a pool of tons of people, everyone's in a bathing suit. How do you stand out? Right? In a suit. Right. It, it, it could it be anything, right? <laughs> but like you have to stand out. If everyone's applying to the same places, why would you go and apply there too? If everyone's having a Columbus Day sale, why is everyone having a sale on Columbus Day, right? How do you dif- differentiate yourself? And you don't have to differentiate yourself in a way that like is wearing a banana suit into the pool, right? But if everyone's going in the pool, no one's going over there. Yeah. This other place. If everyone's at the pool, no one's at the ice cream bar, right? Interesting. And so for the so people who haven't heard the story, yeah, for the people who haven't heard the story at this company, there was uh, on their website, some guy, like everybody has like a little personal profile and they can get like a one line. And one of the employees there put his Venmo there. And so I Venmoed him a dollar and I said, hey, I want to work for your company. And then we had like that, like that connection right there. So, and like, that was just something quick and easy that I tried to do to like make people remember like, oh, oh, he's the guy who Venmoed me. And like, I did, my name just kept coming up in that sort of way. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out. But like for people who haven't heard that story, that's what we're referencing. So like hiring an intern is somewhat like hiring a general or like a, a handyman to come to your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a checklist that you want to, first of all, they're coming in to do some basic Yeah. And there's a checklist like, are they have a criminal record, right? Do they speak English or yeah. can I communicate with them? Can you legally work in the U.S.? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, then you, some companies will go beyond that. But like, do they have good reviews and ratings? Sure. Right. And then you meet them or talk to them or whatnot. And the biggest question is, can I actually work with this person? 
right? And I think that's when, when you're looking at internships, setting up a relationship as a goal of gaining your internship is the most important piece more than your resume. That's so, important. Right? Yeah. The resume, one. yeah. So like, so like what you did is very important. Look at people who went to Virginia Tech. Look at people who like fitness. Mm-hmm. Look at people who have a uh, side podcast. Get to know the people you're inter- like potentially interviewing with and find a reason to engage with them that says, hey, I actually would be fun to work with. Yeah. Aside like, from, here's my, yeah, you, know, you could here's, go to drinks with me after work or something. Yeah, like, yes, I'm legal to do all this stuff, but also I'm fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. you got to find that. And don't really just, don't look, just look at the name, right? True. So you want to work in marketing. Find the places that aren't having everyone, mar- like, that have still have good work, right? Yeah. That don't have everyone trying to, like, intern or apply there. Yeah. That don't have like, 10,000 applicants for their positions. Yeah. yeah. I've like, emailed a few people just, like, hey, you don't have an intern on your website. I was wondering if you wanted one. Yeah. <laughs> and some will say yes. Yeah. Well, they don't not yet. To, but don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid to follow up. Interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah like I think you have to be, like, be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> you have to actually be aggressive. And that's what you told me. So, I like... When we first started communicating, I was worried that I was annoying you because I was emailing you like once a week, wasn't getting any response or something like that. And then you told me, you're like, don't stop that. Yeah. You're like, that's, you know, that doesn't bother me at all. You'd rather, you'd rather have someone say, please stop emailing me or block you. Sure. Ah, that's scary though. <laughs> it, seems, it seems weird, right? Yeah. It seems backwards. Because but you like, don't want to like blacklist yourself. You're not going to though. You're an okay. intern. Yeah. Oh, oh in right. that, yeah. Okay. In that purview. Like if you're doing it in a way that is extremely annoying. <laughs> You should, stock, you should have Kendall read it, and Kendall, you should have been read it. Like, just get some just peer, keep an eye on yeah. it. Yeah, some peer review. <laughs> hey, I saw you walk into the building at 8 a.m. today. I was just yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, if you're aggressively trying to better yourself mm-hmm. as an employee, you're going to aggressively represent my company well. People want that. And you're going to be someone who is going to aggressively try to find innovation, work very hard. the work hard. that they do. More than the people who don't. Yeah, I have a question. So in class today, I was I'm I'm very cynical, right? And so naturally, when everyone says just be different, be you know, or even experiential marketing, like everyone break the that, internet. Yeah. Every, if how if everyone's trying to do it, like I, it just seems like a a race, you know, like a little mouse yeah. race of like how how can everyone really try to do it almost, you know? Well, and like how do you stand out from everyone else that's so trying I think to stand it's out? Setting it's setting expectations and uh, attainable goals, mm-hmm. right? So when we set goals, we're saying we want to accomplish the following, mm-hmm. right? And our ambition is the f- is such. Okay, so reach beyond that and have and a... Like, but one thing I said is it's also okay to fail. Yeah. If you don't reach that and you don't break the internet, don't cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's again. something I need to work on. Not just crying, but also <laughs> <laughs> the failing. Yes. Failing, failing is a very important piece mm-hmm. of growth. I've never liked failing like very young everyone knows that and i need to work on it i've seen this recently and it's more than when my cousin started having kids and you'd go to like see kids and like play t-ball and Mm -hmm. you know do all those sports and everyone got a participation award oh yes like when i went to when i was growing up there was none of that yeah it was like you lost your team lost sorry and you hear that like i love when people say that they're like yeah when i back in my day like (laughs) it's weird to say it because i don't feel much older than you guys but like well you're not you're only 25 yeah exactly yeah um going on <laughs> but there's this these idioms that came out of silicon valley that was very like fail hard mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah that, I think my dad's favorite saying is fail forward fail forward is a great one i think what you said also about um you made a mistake on the floor of your restaurant yeah right yeah and you said it's my fault it's my responsibility i take responsibility for this failure. people respect that it's the biggest yeah, yeah. It's the biggest when you say it's my fault i'm sorry 
mm-hmm. or I, I, I take responsibility for this. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Ownership is a huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. So like all these things all tie to relationship. They tie to growing yourself and really what an internship is, is nothing to do with your career. It's for you to grow yourself. Okay. Right. Yeah. That perspective. I think and that's I think something that it's, it's, to remember. You have to look at it differently. Like your goal of the next five years is to put yourself in the, in places that allow you to learn and grow yourself from someone who is in academia to a valuable employee that has a point of view on what they want to do with their career. Mm -hmm. I believe that there's like this nebulous between college and actually knowing what a career means that creates a lot of anxiety. And the only way to answer that anxiety is to actually go out and work. And a lot of people you're getting information from don't know how to quantify it themselves. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, I think we like to do this too. It look at the source of the delivery. You know, like who's really mm-hmm. behind this information that you're being given, and what's their edge to it? Like even when Ben and I just gossip among ourselves, sure. like it's I, very I, much. You don't record that? No. No. <laughs> we we considered no. I'm kidding. But um, Not it, yet. it's very much just like well, where are you yeah, well, from? yeah. What's their take on it? What's their personal experience with? whatever's happening how do they know the information that they got like sort of the, yeah like people that. try to represent it from their own personal experience yeah right yeah. But everyone's different you know what i mean yeah i think it's just it's nothing's there's nothing that's not worth trying i, I like that i think like honestly i think all this like stuff that i specifically needed to hear because we're, we were kind of like down the dumps about it all but i like, went through the same yeah. myself though yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? like, and that's that's nice I to hear the top student yeah you know what i mean i graduated with an english major you know what i mean like i didn't know I didn't have any idea of there was no career that fit my passions. Yeah. But I knew I needed a job, right? I couldn't live on my parents' couch anymore. I, sure. needed, I needed a job. Yeah. And the first job I got was working at a real estate company because I had a little graphic design background. I had a little entertainment. It was in this weird part of Miami. I worked there for six months. Mm-hmm. And I designed their brand. I set up their first events. I did some operational yeah. pieces for them. And that brand still exists in Winwin, Miami. Wow. And it's still like one of the best thing, like yeah. one of the best real estate companies down there. That's a good area, in right? That area, yeah. And I still have a great relationship with the people who hired me. Yeah, and that's great, like right. And I think so many years later, I learned so much from that. I made nothing; it had nothing to do with my career. I didn't even put it on my resume. Sure. Except for like the first couple jobs I yeah. had. Like I was like I was operations manager for this, this, and this because it was relevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think like you find these jobs that you don't expect. That that's give what you, I'm excited for. Yeah. Like I'm a big planner, but I really, I, in, I really indulge in like getting excited about what I can't plan. If that makes sense. Sure. It, I'm not tomorrow, but yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm excited f- for where I'll end up. I'm excited to know where I'll end up. Don't know not, how you're gonna get there, but yeah, and well, like kind of see what happens. I think I see what a lot of your, your, a lot of younger people, and I hate to use that word. I see with a lot of people at our age, all well, three of us. I see a lot of people who are graduating, entering the career field, entering the work field, that they have written a story about how it's supposed to go. That's actually one of my questions is what are, what's everyone making, what's the biggest mistake people are making right out of college? Realizing that you can't write your story that someone else writes it for you. Boom. And your job is just to live it. Ooh. And I think that's mm. the piece of like, you can read the chapter that just happened, but you can't write the future chapter. But why not? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> if you could, maybe we're you too young and naive. And go back. Okay. You don't know if something is going to happen with the economy. You don't know if something yeah. personal is going to happen with your family. You don't know if you're going to break your foot and can't work in sports anymore. You don't know what's going to happen. 
but you can put who, yourself. But that's not someone else creating your reality, though. No, I'm not saying they create it. Okay. I'm saying you you can't write your own story. I understand. You can only read what someone's written about what you've done. Okay. Right. The future is not planable. You cannot. You can. You can try as hard as you want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in marketing, like it's, and this is, might just be me. You want to go become a CPA? You want to become a lawyer? You can go get those trade degrees. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to do that. Sure. Doesn't right? mean that industry is even going to exist in twenty five years because right. it's not. <laughs> so like, planning only is so helpful. It's only you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Planning sometimes just sets false expectations that you get disappointed when you didn't reach those goals. Sure. Yeah. Because they weren't achievable goals at the beginning. And you didn't know that. No. Yeah. Achievable goal setting. Like, that's the biggest one for me. Is like, if you're setting a goal, but it's not achievable, all you're doing is setting disappointment. Yeah. And making a fool out of yourself. Yeah. That's no, it. Well, <laughs> you have to, you have to fail in order to learn. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's, I think you have to take the personal side out of it, the mm-hmm. emotional side out of it. That is also something I need to work on. I'm yeah. That takes a lot of time. I'm yeah. still not there. Yeah. And I think the first step, you know, is acknowledging it and whatnot. Well, even like but, with this podcast, like I, I, like I, and very invested. I think all of us are, and like we want to see it succeed and stuff like Remember that. Remember when you told me about this? What I said? What did I, what did I say? You said this is the single most important thing you're doing. Yes. Yeah, and I, I keep reminding people about that, and they don't believe me. Right. But the question is, we, what's your aspirations here? Like our goals here are to get more people listening, so we can provide them with tools. So with they the can, things that you're saying, with yes. the messages, with the advice that we can't give. So like, let's look at that. Like, how do we go ahead and set an, an achievable goal that instead of an internship. We're going to take this and make this business plan and achieve it over the next six months. And then when someone asks what we did, it's like, here's the fruits of my labor. Sure. Here's right? an example. Yeah. I would, we developed 20, or 10,000 people listening to this podcast on a regular basis. You go and sit down with the hiring manager at Vice Media or NBC yeah. or anywhere. They're going to be like, okay, we want to meet this person. Yeah. They're going to listen to your content and go, wow, it was well produced. It was thought out. How did you think about that? And then you have a relationship with this person based on a skill and a trade. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or you have a relationship with me. It's like, oh, let me introduce you to some people I know who run podcasts. Mm. Yeah. Like you did. Right? Yeah. And then you have like a little bit of credibility that comes that like you don't even need a resume. Sure. Here's my podcast. Right? So some of it is get out and do. Yeah. Right? Set, Set achievable expectations. Don't think that the work that you're doing is not at all, you know, helping advance who you are as a person and take that word career out because i think career is something that you look at in the past tense and say this was my career yeah. you didn't know what you didn't know that while you're doing it you know what i mean like I, I i my mind is changing right now sure but i know what I, I know what my solid skills are i know what i like doing i know what I, my ambitions are and but it's like i've never really had a defined career you know as my career changed i realized things i don't like to do so I think it's 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 a weird world weird it's a weird world that you live in you know when graduation starts getting close. It's like there's this false like like start line. Are you ready to start your life? Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> the race was, begins you now. You already did. You've already started your life. Sure. Do you live yeah. with your parents? No. Do you guys make money and have jobs currently? Are you advancing yourself through knowledge? 
Yes. So like it's already started. I was talking to this Australian guy and he was like, the U.S. is like one of the only countries that expects you to work right out of college. Everyone else is like, please go travel or even just do internships for a couple of years. Like places that expect you to go to college directly after finishing secondary school. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, we're so pressed for like just and then. That's what I tell people because I've I've recently I've come into a lot of contact people. So my high school, obviously, it was very pressured to like graduate and then go to college. And then there were a few people who didn't, and it was like it was kind of weird, but like just the way that my high school was structured, it wasn't very, you know, obviously that's yeah. not a great message. And so I come, in, I've come into contact with people who weren't able to do that, mm-hmm. and not able to go right to college through my restaurant because most people who end up in restaurants weren't able to go to college. That's another really great reason to work in a restaurant. It's yeah, very eye opening. But so, and just talking to them, like one of the p- biggest pieces of advice that I give to people, just from that perspective, and I recognize I'm not an expert in any sort of sense like that, but I always tell people it's not a race. It's not a race to graduate college. It's not a race to make it. It's why, not, do they think, why do you think they think it's a race? I think it's just like the way that are because they watched all their friends go, you know, and they watched all these people in their classes that were there. You know, everybody was in the same history class, and 75% of the class went off to university, and 25% couldn't and didn't. And so they're watching people get this head start on them, even though it's not like, and... And, and it sets you back emotionally, too. It does, absolutely. You also even have people who are on the GI Bill that come out of the service yeah. who are coming to university at 22 years old. Or even later, like what, in my freshman year, I worked on a project with a guy who was 28. And I think they're more driven. Much more. <laughs> get through school. Quicker. He was solid, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's something about that. Like you know, maybe we're not mature enough to go to school at this point. Even and, just like a lot of people aren't like, starting and not finishing. Like my dad didn't finish college. I didn't know that until two years ago. I but got really lucky that I had an interdisciplinary major that they got rid of. Before <laughs> I wasn't either. Yeah, and he's wildly successful, right? Like, and it's you don't have to like. So there's this really good RSA. Not to say Pamplin had, College of Business isn't well, RSA, yeah. <laughs> thing like, No, but it's not, it has nothing to do with that. You know, universities, you cannot blame a university for failing you in education. Yeah. This is a top university. It's doing a great job. It's what are you going to do with the education it's giving you? Sure. Exactly. What's next? Yeah. And I think, you know, from what I've seen of grads from here, they do amazing things. All over. Yeah. Right? And it's it's more, it's, it's, it's stopping and saying, what is the relationship that I have with the education that I'm getting and what is this being used for? I think that's why I think tech alum do so well too, is there's so many things at tech that you can do that aren't just your classes, you know, like we're both in prism, right? Like that's real world work. We have clients, we get, or, well, the organization we gets money. You have relationships with people who are working in the world. Yeah. We went through it with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it creates that, that, that relationship. Exactly. One of my partners, one of my business with the university of Virginia, and she, whenever we're trying to like onboard a client or reaching out for new crazy things, she'll say, oh, they're from Virginia. Let me reach out. Yeah. Right. And I think there's just relationships, like Absolutely. those pieces. Especially, I mean, people discover that with Virginia Tech all the time. They're yeah. Like, oh, like he was wearing a hoagie hat in the airport and I said, hey, and now I work for him. It's like that happens all the time. My mom the time. hired the, she hired an intern for the summer and she was my tour guide at JMU. But my mom liked her. She liked her story and, you know, went through the interview process, but hired her. Like, it's also yeah. so this goes beyond getting hired. It goes into why clients will buy your services. That was one of my questions. How do you sell yourself to clients? Because sixty percent of yeah. it is, do I want to work with this person? Mm-hmm. From, the work, from the client side or from the agency side? Do I want to work with this team? Is this a team yeah. that's going to be willing to be malleable with me? Do they have the same values? Do they have the background? Like they've already passed a test of like they're a good enough company for me to be talking to. There's this thing called RFI, request for information. Like, and you, if you pass the basic information test, the question is, do, do like I you? want to spend day in and day out, week after week, working Talking with this team? Talking to you, yeah. Yeah. 
right? Are they going to make my life hell? Or are they going to be partners? Sure. So relationships go throughout everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's politics in the workplace, whether it's figuring out how to bring in a new client, whether it's going through strife and, and you know, bad work situations, those are all based on personality. Yeah. They're based on relationships and they're based on experience. Yeah. But I think, you know, not everyone has the capability of everyone else. Different people have different skills, skills. And personalities and yeah, character traits are a huge piece. There's some people who want to be accountants and really like process and they'll excel at that. So I think for everyone, like the thing with universities, especially large universities, the goal is to provide as many willing and able people education in the base education, right? And the base education you have to take from there and say, how can I apply this? What can I do with it? How can I use it? It's funny that you call it a base education because I feel like to it's everyone, it, that seems like high school, right? And yeah, then this is yeah. our like concentrated education, but it's it's, it's not really like it, I've taken yeah. one marketing class so far and I'm yeah. a marketing this major. This is not an easy school to get into. That yeah, that's the other part of it. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it is very costly. Yeah. Um, but you get a you know like you've been somewhat weeded down. Like some of it is you know I think Virginia has this great thing where like it's not doesn't cost you guys that much to go to school, right? No. Which is University of Florida was the same way, and I think that's a great piece. Okay. But if you can get in based on your merit, right? That's 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 awesome, right? And then you use that as part of the story. It yeah. all just comes together as part of the story. I was looking at going back and getting uh, my MBA. When I first started like saying, oh, we'll do some stuff in universities, Donna was like, oh, you, you might need to have a master's in order to teach. And I'm like, well, I don't think I want one. Well, like, if you need to teach, so well, you need to do that. Well, and there's rules that society set up for these different types of things. That's right? how my dad's run into that. He has wanted to get his MBA. My mom's like, Gary, you don't have a bachelor's degree. Like, You can't get <laughs> you can't an, skip an MBA. MBA. Well, why not? Exactly. And but and he's fallen into the trap where his company, you know, th- it's political. They won't put they won't put your, your name on the website because they can't put where your master's is from on the website. Nor do, I mean, he doesn't want to be up there because he's in sales. There's much more money, you know, at the top of the bottom. If that makes sense than being up in the C-suite. But it's very it gets political. It's, well, that's life. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Me, I've always walked up the down escalator. Mm hmm. That's your and, Facebook bio. Yeah, and I've always really... <laughs> he showed it in class. <laughs> oh, I was like, you but did it's research. Like, if you ask anyone, I am always the bull in a china shop. Yeah. I will my say, characteristic like, is, if you say no, I'm going to say why. I was I just going to say, my favorite thing about you is, and I, this does not happen at all, yeah. is that you are the only person that I speak to nowadays that asks why on everything. Mm-hmm. Or even anything. Like, for example, like, Ken and I, we get along really well, but we're never like, oh, why'd you do that? So I was like, oh, cool. How, like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. But like you, like even if I'm just telling you a story, you always ask why. And I and think not that just right when there, people say no, because that's I, I'll say why if people say no, but you just want to know why in general. In general, it's not just well, how Wait, can I get a yes? How is that? How no? It was how did you come to that decision? Yeah. Yeah. It's not about it's not about the result. It's about yeah. how it's the process. It's about yeah. What did you do? It's kind of like there. why I asked you about your Apple Watch. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Lack thereof. Just want to know. It's. I don't need another thing vibrating on my body. <laughs> it tells me I have an email. I know I have emails. I get lots of yeah. emails. Don't worry. I know. They'll always be there. Yeah. I had a muscle yeah. spasm one day, and I was not wearing my watch. I literally was like, oh, man, I think I had a text. It was in my leg, the muscle spasm. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's good. It's distancing. You know, I was, I, you get tied to these things, and you say, all right, well, if I don't look at it for 12 hours, what will happen? Sure. And you don't look at it for 12 hours, and nothing happens. Yeah, and then what? <laughs> I know, right? yeah. So, like, the, the question is, so I've got to this point in my life that I've realized that money 
is not as important as time. Right? I, that's what I've been hearing uh, when I listen to successful people talk on podcasts. Everyone really says that. And that seems to be the one stressor more than anything else is just time. time. When you, you know, like it's true though. Like if yeah. you don't have, if you can't pay your bills every week, right? Yeah. Like you're focusing just to stay above water. Yes. And you're able to pay your bills. And let's say you start earning more in your career, you focus and you start making more money and it starts consuming the rest of your life. Yeah. The only thing you can get back is And you're like, oh my God, I don't, I don't see my children Mm -hmm. or I don't have a great relationship with my parents or I'm not volunteering or I used to love working out. I don't do that anymore. Uh Right. And then you're like, whoa, am I prioritizing time the right way? Yeah. You know what I mean? I turned 40 this year and, you know, am I a past halfway? Right? You never know. Will I live to 80? You never know. Yeah. I have a podcast for you to right? listen to. Yes. <laughs> but like in that time, That's, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's now like, you know, the, one of the reasons I left my company that we built and was extremely successful was my daughter knew me by a phone. Oh. Yeah. And when I come home, she'd pick up the phone and like she had this thing where she'd try to wave and talk on the phone at the same time, which was really cute. She said, Dada, where are you? Where are Aww. you? And like, but I was in front of her. Oh. Right? But I was traveling 15 to 20 days a month. Yeah. I was all over the world. And in such and, developing years. And, like, you know, I, my company was growing, and I was we were being we were very successful. And I use the word success over money. It's very important. Sure. And aiming things money's, in life. Yeah, money's not success. Yeah. But, like, we were really successful, but I felt that I was losing time. Yeah. And, and I've asked you this a couple of times. I, I asked why, you know, why you ended up leaving that company, even though it was doing so well. And then I think that's right there is the easiest answer. That was a personal reason, you know what I mean? I think I don't want to, like... We don't need to get into it. I don't yeah. want to get into any of that, but I think it's it's really important to realize is like I I think that time of my life was amazing. Sure, I learned so much about myself, and I would never do it any differently. And but I that was a time, a phase. It was a time. Yeah, but it's knowing when that time should end. Yeah, instead of like trying next. to rush time. Yeah, and I think like when you when when you still have so much time in front of you, it's like I gotta hurry up, I gotta hurry up, I gotta do it, I gotta do it all. But you don't need to do it all. There's no reason to. When you're so focused on doing it all, time slips very quick. That's how I, I feel like I get into that with school. You know, I'm doing this and that, and then the school year is over, and I have only probably done half that stuff because I was so busy doing the rest. I like, was having a discussion last night about this, actually. I was, don't I was feel saying, bad about it, though. No, well, yeah, yeah. But the truth is, like, I'm a very, like, now sort of person. Like, I, I focus on day-to-day. and I'm like, the I kind of built opposite. this metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I built this metaphor that me and everybody else around me, we're all building our individual castles. But I'm just laying bricks. Like, I'm not building a castle. My mindset is not building a castle. My mindset is laying this brick, and then it's laying the next one, and then it's the next one. And I build this castle, and at the end, I look back, and I'm like, I don't remember building a castle. I remember laying a brick. Some of those bricks were really good. I, like, I laid the out of those bricks, but I didn't build the castle. And there's a lot of people, like, for example, you. I know what the castle's going to look like before I lay the bricks because I want to know. Did you have enough time to build a castle? That's the other thing, you know, did <laughs> yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, like, maybe, I gotta be with yeah. You. Talk to me about five years ago. Where were you five years ago? I was, so how old? I was 16. I was was 16 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. I was a freshman. Um, I was in the marching band. I played basketball and I played soccer. Now talk to me about five years from now. I did Taekwondo five years ago. Did you? Just saying. Uh, Five (laughs) years from now, I'll be 26. Um, I don't know. Perfect, right? But you look at like these stents of time, right? There's what happened and where you were. And then there's where you're going. One of those is set. One of those isn't. One of those is set. One of those isn't. Nice. All you can do is look back at the bricks that you laid in the pseudo castle that you made and say, well, in the next five years, I'm going to make a different type of castle. And then at the end of that five years, you can say, all right, I don't like this fucking castle. Yeah. I'm going to make a new one. 
moving. Or halfway through building the castle, you're like, oh my god, I made a big design flaw here. Let's change. That, that is what immediately stressed me out when you said you didn't even look at the castle. You just looked at the bricks. I'm like, how would you even catch a mistake like that? That's just the way that my mind works. Every, I know. And every, that's how my mind works. Like immediately I was like, no. <laughs> partnership and working together in a humble, selfless way is very important mm-hmm. part of growth. Um, because you get to put partners together like yourselves. Yeah. Who have different point of views that can look at each other's story and say, hey, your castle's missing some bricks. Or I can say, hey, you know. You, your castle has way too many bricks <laughs> and they're way too shiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that balancing of each other is realizing that there's this universal acceptance that we're all different. We all have different upbringings. We all have different ambitions. But for some reason, we all want to do what everyone else is doing, which so is I, a major flaw. We will not ask you then our question of where do you want to be in five years? <laughs> we Hopefully sitting here again talking about what happened the last five years. Great. Yes. Right? Awesome. Yeah. But and like, you'll be with our, our successors. But I, so I did, but I did, I did like write down, like I did set some goals. Yeah. And, you know, one of my goals was to spend uh, time and a higher education university talking to people about, you know, what I learned. And I love and that I, people do that. And that, I'm doing that. Yeah. Like the, yeah. The, one of my goals was to take an active role in a nonprofit using the skills that I had. And I set some really attainable goals. And my goal is to hit those over the next five years. Mm. But where will I be? Who gives a Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'll be somewhere doing those things. And if I don't do them, I'll try harder again next time. It's a good focus. Focus on what you want to do rather than where and how. And Set up, it's just back to the attainable goals. And okay, realizing that you can't achieve those goals Mm -hmm. and then use the goals that you didn't achieve to set new goals. Yeah. So we're very, very much over time. So I know. I, I was to about to. I have one more question for you. Oh, Will you ever be satisfied? No. Good. Is that okay? Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. What does it mean to be satisfied? Like, is there ever a point where you can doing sit it back? wrong? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very proud of myself, and it took a while to get to that point. Um, but I think to be satisfied is to be complacent in some respect. Yeah. And it's just my personal opinion on it. Whereas I have friends who took over their f- parents, you know, HVAC company. And they are very satisfied. Sure. It's a stressful life never being satisfied, I yeah. think. Well, personally, it, I don't know. It's dr- it drives me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's, like, it's, it's kind of my exhausting. nature. It does, yeah, it's not exhausting, but I mean, part of it's like, you know, it keeps you going. You have yeah. to take the exhausting. You, you actually have to learn how to have more of a cadence sure. than a sprint. That's, sure. that's what I need to work on. Like, I get, just get so, like, so focused, and then I'm like, I'm way in over my head right now, and like I need to slow down. But it's driving me quickly. But so it's I will, just like, I will leave on this as like one thing that like I was like that for a while until I had some adult mentorship, hmm. and from when I started throughout, I sought the advice of people who had done more than I have. Just what we're all doing right now. Even if I didn't want to do what they did. Yeah. You know, like I was always a person who was really great at talking to parents or grandparents. <laughs> yeah. But there's something to learn. You know what I mean? Of like. Even if someone who's 25 years old, who's only four years older than you, right? Has four more years. Has graduated, gotten their first job, internship. Fired from their first job. Well, they haven't, yeah. you know? It doesn't really matter what Somehow. they did. It's so, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. Somehow. But, you know, or it's, you know, even someone like me, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's being able to take a little of that stress off the plate of the unknown is what's helpful. Yeah. Because you guys are just two of 5,000 people doing these types of podcasts worldwide yeah for students who want this information mm-hmm. and then there's probably a billion students who are trying to do the same thing that you guys are doing so there's this universal norm out there but 
the hardest part is talking about it and realizing that we're all in it together and it's not that big of a deal. It's not a competition either. As long as you're a kind and good member of society, that's all that matters. Boom. I think that's about as good as a note. I was going to say, I think that's a good note to finish on. I will say that this. I hope we get high ratings. This has been vote, like vote, vote I've never been so five stars, in please. An <laughs> like walking away from this, I will be like, good. "That was a good episode." Yeah. Well, and let's I appreciate see what we can do to set some <laughs> achievable goals for the rest of your episodes and get the right people here. All five stars from here. And make sure <laughs> no, that okay. everyone in Pamplin gets the opportunity to listen. Yeah. And give you guys some insight on what they want to hear, yeah. and find a way to answer their questions. Yeah. And let's set up that as our goal here. Brilliant. I like that. Thank you again for joining us on this Thank episode of very much. Podcast. I've had a wonderful time. I've never seen 90 Me minutes too. tick off the clock so quickly. Jeez. I can't believe it was in 90 minutes. Me I either. know. So for all of you who stuck this out, thank you so much for listening. Obviously, like li- literally just sitting here in this room and hopefully you at home listening can feel like kind of this advice that we've we've just uncovered because, I mean, I needed to hear pretty much everything I heard. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but like it was very, very insightful and I hope that you as the listeners enjoyed it. Um, please make sure you check out our website, pamplin.vt.edu backslash podcast for that survey. Again, senior class gift, graduation. Pamplin's got some big things coming up, but, you know, sometimes it's... it's just don't stress out. Don't stress out. I'll be back in six months for another lecture tour. Another Great. If, yeah, so if you don't need to take marketing 3054? 3104. 3104, take it because you get to listen to Brian. That's all we got. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good week. Bye.